You're listening to the No Hacks Marketing Podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into online marketing topics, covering search, content, CRO, social, and performance optimization to help you level up your marketing. No hacks, no shortcuts, only long-term success. Here are your hosts, Slobodan Manich and Catherine Kambau. Hey everyone. Hey Kat. Today's episode is going to be about conversion rate optimization or CRO. Specifically, what you need to know before you start a CRO project. Hey guys. Hey Slobodan. Very interesting topic. I've worked with CRO agencies in the past and for some reason I usually end up with a non or inconclusive results or no clear winner, simply put. And this is often the reason why we stop our CRO initiatives altogether. But does an inconclusive result automatically equate to a failed test? In a recent blog that I've read, there are no failed tests, only winners are learning opportunities. Slobodan, CRO is one of your expertise, and I think we all agree that working on your website's conversion rate is not a bad idea. But first things first, when should you start thinking about CRO? I agree. It's never a bad idea to start thinking about conversion rate optimization and how you can use it to improve your website. However, it's much earlier that most people would say that you should start your CRO process. So if your website is not even live, you're designing it, getting ready for launch for the first time, you know what the key pages are going to be and what the key features or key actions for the users that you want to take are going to be. So you can prepare a measurement plan and a testing strategy around those features so you're ready. And uh, the only thing you can be certain of when you're designing a website or building a website like this is that you'll not get it perfect on the first try. So get ready for optimizing uh, and, and prepare for optimizing as you're building the website. And if you're redesigning an existing website, do all of that, but also use your existing website to get precious customer data, whether from your Google Analytics or any other analytics tool you have, and use that to inform the decisions that you make during the redesign and just make your life easier that way. Right, right. It actually, it makes sense for when you're redesigning a website to actually just compare the previous performance from with the, with the current one. I never thought that when you're building a website from scratch, you should start thinking about these things. And I think it's it's definitely good practice to think about your goals or objectives for each of the key pages, especially. So before we move further, um, this is like my first question is, do you recommend a minimum number of site visitors to yield the best results from your A-B testing just so you don't, you know, um, waste the time and effort if your your website's getting very little traffic? Right. Before I get into the actual numbers, you should know that testing is only one method used in conversion rate optimization. So it's not testing equals conversion rate optimization. CRO is a lot more than just running an A-B test. And also A-B test is definitely not the first thing you should do on a CRO project. Without proper research, without uh, knowing what to test, how can you run an A-B test? So you need to know where your audience struggles and the only way to do that and to learn that is through research. So you do the research by looking at web analytics or some heat maps, some customer data, some user surveys. You do a heuristic evaluation of the website, just look at everything and you know what doesn't, doesn't follow the best practices and, and good UX principles and all that. And then you're going to end up with a hopefully a long list of issues that you feel like you want to try to fix. 
Um, one, tr- still, can we, sorry, yeah. can we backtrack a bit? Um, what do you mean when you say heuristic evaluation? Uh, it, it's just basically expert evaluation of a website. So comparing best principles and, and all, all the other recommendations to what you see on the website and also experience-based evaluation. Gotcha. So when you have that list of issues that you want to try to fix, you don't know what to work on first. Like it could be tempting to just try and fix everything at the same time or just randomly pick something, but you actually need to prioritize. And for that, you need a prioritization framework. There are lots of them out there, but you just need a simple way to turn an unordered list of issues into an ordered list. So you know what to work on first, second, third, and so on. So, uh, you want to know what to start with before you can start testing. Like it's, it's just common sense. And now that you know what you want to work on first, maybe it's time to run an, an experiment such as an A-B test. So if it's that clear that something is broken in the page, it, you're not going to test fixed versus broken. It just doesn't make any sense. You're losing time and money if you do that. Or you know maybe you know that something needs to be fixed, but you don't know how to test it. You need to form a hypothesis or do further research before you can run an experiment in that page. So research, prioritization, and then maybe testing or another method of fixing the issue. A CRO program does not start with let's test this. No, it starts with let's find out what we need to fix and then testing comes later. And if you want to talk about actual numbers, it will depend on many things, but if you don't have, let's say 10,000 visitors a month to the page that you want to test or 500 transactions a month, it's probably better to work on other things than A-B testing or try to fix the page some other way. Got it, got it. So 10,000, at least 10,000 visitors, like on Very rough numbers, yes, mm-hmm. yes, but mm-hmm. let's say that. Okay, so say my website is roughly around 10,000 visits per month. What success metrics should you measure in a CRO project? What are the actual KPIs to look for? That's a, an easy and a difficult question at the same time because it's the ones that matter to you. So you need to figure out what affects the bottom line for your business before you know what you want to test or just fix, not test. Uh, so on, on the business side of things, I don't think uh, CRO practitioners or agencies are the ones that should be setting the business metrics or the KPIs. It should be the business itself, maybe with the help of, of a CRO agency. But if you want to judge uh, the success of, of CRO program itself, you can look at things like test success rate, testing velocity, a revenue impact, and, and things like that. And if you uh, want to look at a long-term value that you get out of a CRO program, there's even more thanks to everything you learn about your audience and how to interact with your web, how they interact with your website. So even an experiment that fails, like you said, is a learning opportunity. So it teaches you what to do in the future and equally important, what to avoid doing on your website. Exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. It's really learning more about how your audience or your customers interact with your page. So speaking of pages, um, which pages should we start with? And I'm guessing for e-commerce sites, it's the money-making pages. What about for non-e-commerce sites? Uh, no matter the website, it's always best to focus on the conversion funnel, the entire conversion funnel and the pages that form that conversion funnel. So 
where do your users land? What is their first experience with the website? You know, what do you need them to do next after that first interaction? And what after that? Is there any friction along the way? Anything that will make them nervous that you need to address? Uh, so anything that you find along that journey is what you should be fixing and optimizing for. Sometimes that will be quite simple. Uh, the funnel uh, will be simple. The user lands on a page, on a product page in an e-commerce website, just buys the product straight away. So, you know, the funnel is uh, product page, cart or checkout, and, and that's it. But far more often, that's not the case. You know, you need to identify what your funnel is or what your funnels are if you have more than one on your website and then start identifying the weak points in those funnels and fixing them. Right. So you're saying it's a, lit, a lot more to do with research and um, analysis. So like looking at the behavioral flow in analytics, watching recording perhaps in those heat mapping tools like Hotjar. Is that what you're saying? I think that is essential. Yes. I, I absolutely think that you need to understand your audience before you can start helping them by optimizing the website. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So say I'm really ready now to start my A-B test. Do I need to have dev or at least HTML skills to run a test? Well, I really think everyone working with websites in any way should have at least a very basic understanding of how websites work, even if you're not the person doing the actual implementation or development of the website. So if you're doing something like implementing an A-B test using whatever tool, you're changing HTML of the page or in some cases, CSS as well, or even JavaScript. So you need to be familiar with those at the very least, at, at the basic level. You're not going to develop the entire website if you're just implementing an A-B test. But if you don't know what HTML is, if you don't know what CSS is or JavaScript in some cases, it's going to be very difficult. And uh, there are platforms a-B testing platforms that let you use a visual editor so you can make some changes yourself without actually touching the code. But what happens when the visual editor is just not good enough for experiment variation you want to set up? This is why I think text test implementation is best done by people who actually build websites. So there are people who can do both. Yes, uh, build a website, plan the experimentation strategy or you know the, the roadmap. But if you had to choose between a CRO specialist who cannot write any code at all or a developer who doesn't understand what CRO is or marketing, it's probably better that you let the developer do the implementation of the A-B test, just the implementation to be clear. Okay, okay. So you're saying you, I should definitely work with a developer if I don't have that tech skills, right? I can use the tool but um, for the implementation, you're suggesting that it, it's best to still work with the developer. I would say yes, because more often than not, uh, those visual editors will let you, you know, change colors or some spacing or move elements around. But if you want so it's to test something that has real impact, yes. Mm -hmm. Put it this way, you know, you may be able to set up one or a few tests yourself without knowing the code, but you will eventually one that you're not yes yeah. eventually you will you will hit one that you're not able to to code you, to set up yourself so it's better to have a basic understanding of how web pages and websites work yeah yeah that makes sense all right so do you recommend i think we touched this uh touching this a bit but about setting up the test um do you suggest using a tool like google optimize or optimizely or you know just working with a developer to natively create another version of your 
page and then redirecting it redirecting it is there any pros and cons to that um, right actually method. google optimize mm -hmm. and, and other tools will let you do both so you can either do what's called a redirect test the second thing you mentioned where you have a, a completely different page that you're testing versus the original or uh, you know, another name for that is a split URL test because you're splitting your audience into two different URLs that you're sending them to. Uh, and most modern tools can do that. The other version, the other test is just, you know, a, a few simple changes in the website where you can just run an A-B test. You're testing the same page with some changes in it. And the redirect test is useful when you want to make greater impact or test bigger changes in your page. So it's better to do it in a separate page than try to hack the, the original into looking completely different. Right. Any tool preference from your past experience? Well, uh, I think most tools will let you do what you want to do, will let you implement anything, especially if you're using the code editors. I, I think for most people, Google Optimize is just good enough. You know, you can, there are paid tools, there are very expensive tools. Google Optimize is free. Uh, and I think it's the best way to start for most people, especially in, in, in digital marketing and, and SEO communities where people are so familiar with Google products that this is just a natural extension and works really well, integrates well with Google Analytics, which is another huge plus. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, so say we're ready to uh, set up my test. I, I did it in Google Optimize. Based from your experience, how long should the test run to give it a statistically significant result? And can you run simultaneous tests? Right. So this is one thing that where experience doesn't matter, mind experience or anyone else's experience. It will depend on your traffic volume, your conversion rate, and the bump in conversion rate you want to get from the variation you're testing against the original. So the easiest way to learn this, what, how long you should run a test, is just to use an A-B test statistical significance calculator. There are many of those available online. If you just Google A-B test statistical significance calculator, which is a mouthful, you'll get a lot of results that, you know, you put in uh, your traffic volume, uh, weekly, monthly traffic volume, number of conversions, conversion rate, and how, what, what kind of improvement you want to see. So maybe you want to improve conversion rate by 10% or 20%, and it will tell you, to get statistical significance for this test, you need to run it for 17 days or 14 days or whatever. So ideally, you want to run your experiment for at least one complete business cycle. In most cases, that'll be one week, you know, because that's just how traffic will be different uh, across different days of a business cycle. You don't want to test uh, Thursday to Sunday versus Monday to Wednesday because the, the traffic structure will be completely different. Not just the volume, but the quality of that traffic as well. And uh, you don't want to make uh, big decisions, big business decisions made based on misleading results that you would get out of a test like this if you test different days of the week, one versus another. So even if your testing tool says you have statistically significant uh, results in two days or three days, let's say you have a lot of traffic before the week is up or your business cycle is up, you should wait for at least one business cycle to end before you conclude your test. Correct. Similarly, so at least seven days, yep. Correct. For, for most businesses, that will be seven days, yes. Because, you know, there's weekend, there's work days, and those are different. And, but sometimes it's going to be more. It, it really depends on your business and nothing else. Uh, similarly, you don't want to let a test run for too long, you know, because if, if you do that, 
your results will be misleading as well. There was this joke that Louis C.K. back when he was cool years ago, he talked about, uh, talk about a group of settlers, you know, migrating from East Coast to West Coast centuries ago. And, you know, they move at a slow pace. They, they make stops. It takes them decades to get from A to B. And, you know, when they arrive, it's a completely different group of people. That's what a long running A-B test or experiment is. You start with something in the spring and then you end in winter and so many trends and so many external factors have kind affected you, your test, mm-hmm. your experiment that you don't know that if you get a 10% increase in conversion rate, let's say, you don't know if that's only because of your uh, the variation you're testing or maybe some kind of external factors. So you want to keep it short to, to know that it is the variable that you're testing that is affecting the results and almost nothing else. So if the statistical significance calculator tells you you need to run an experiment for four months until you get statistical significance, you really cannot run that experiment. You don't have enough traffic to do that. A lot of external factors will change over the period of seasons, your users, and you will not be able to isolate those changes and know which one contributed to the difference in the conversion rate. Ideally, you want to isolate only the change that you're making and limit the effect of any other changes as much as possible. All right. Uh, That makes sense. So just going back to my example earlier, I was working for the SaaS company and I'd say we'd had maybe 100,000 visits per month. And the problem we're trying to solve was how to increase engagements for templates page. What we're trying to do is um, to make it easier for customers to use our app without starting from scratch. So templates, so we just edit and build um, your template from from that page. And we had a high traffic, high performing page that had secondary navs on the left sidebar. So we decided to test and apply that format to our templates page, hopefully to replicate the same engagement. So we set up the test on Optimizely, created another version of the page with the navs on the left side instead of the top. Um, And after maybe we ran it for four to six weeks um, because it was not yielding, you know, a winning result. So the the eventual um, result was inconclusive and we ended up stopping the test and deciding to go with our gut and roll out version two anyway. What do you think could we have done better? I think the biggest issue with the test you just described is that the change was just not significant enough for the users. So it was a purely functional change, you know, location of the menu. So you were not trying to work on users' motivation with that test or whether user will be, rather what you were trying to do was find whether the user will be able to find the navigation in the page. And I'm not saying tests like this are always bad, but you're not really learning much from uh, the winning from from that test anyway. So let's say one version one over the other and you didn't get inconclusive results. What would the learning be that, that your users find navigation easier on websites in general? You know, you, you don't know much about your audience and how they interact with or what they expect from your specific website. So that's what most people get wrong about experimentation. The first thing they'll think when they think, when they think an A-B test is I think like button color. And even if you get a clear winner, let's say blue beats green, how does that help? You know, you, you, your audience has a preference for blue color. Maybe you can just paint your color, paint your entire website blue. Would that be even better? That's not a, an experiment you learn from. So try to learn something about your audience from every experiment you run. 
That's the whole point. What is it that motivates them to convert? What is it that holds them back from converting? That's the only way to continuously improve your website for the audience you have. Yeah, that's very a very fair point um, because we really didn't, you know, try to observe what's happening on that particular page that we're trying to test, but just um, assume that it will be the same um, results because we're getting that same layout from another successful page. So, yep, that that totally makes sense. And just before we leave the button color, I had this client before that was adamant that we use green button color because green means go, green is positive um, and action, even if it clashes with the entire um, uh, color scheme or brand um, styling of the, the website, she was insistent that we use that and it doesn't make sense. It's basically, you're saying it's different um, for each of the pages, and it will depend on how your users are interacting with that page. Right. And you mentioned that you wanted to copy what worked in another page. Just because it worked somewhere else, it doesn't mean it will work everywhere. So that's what tests are for. You just want to, you, you want to see if it works. Exactly. It's, it's a good thing you tested that. However, it's more important to use A-B testing and conversion rate optimization uh, as a tool that helps you learn about your audience, their motivations, and, and what holds them back from converting rather than testing different layouts, which is another thing you should do. But it's a lot more powerful when you get into the behavioral changes and, and you know, really, really helping your audience that way. Yep, I agree. Um, in the past, we ran A-B tests sporadically, or in some cases, it's just a one-off thing. It's probably because of the lack of success that we perceive from our experiments, but do you think testing should be done as an ongoing basis? Conversion rate optimization, by definition, is an ongoing systematic process, period. There's no one-off in zero, at least not if you want to get great success out of it. So its name, conversion rate optimization, may lead you to believe it's only about making the conversion rate higher. But you know that that's just not the case. If your conversion rate goes from... 5% to 15% because you offer 99% off site-wide. How does that help you? So it's not just about getting one number higher one time. It's about continuously optimizing and improving your website and making it better for the users that you have. So don't just focus on making one number go up once, like I said. Use conversion rate optimization as a continuous process that helps you get to know your users, addresses their concerns, and ultimately delivers a better experience for them. Right. So without naming the company, obviously for confidentiality, can you share with us a CRO project that you've worked for, you'd worked on that had very positive result or high impact? Right. I have a fun example uh, from uh, last year, from 2020. I was working with a client. Uh, it's an e-commerce website. And we were looking at the analytics and noticed that there are a lot of sessions with five or more product page views, or even seven or more product page views without actually adding any products to cart. So that led us to believe that, you know, maybe they don't know when to, what to buy. They want to spend money, but don't know where to start. Uh, they're just, you know, experiencing paralysis by analysis. So what we did as a solution to that is we created a new landing page, uh, top 10 products page. It, it was a very simple landing page that just lists the best selling products from previous month. And we'll link to that from the main menu. 
so the client had a very, very high conversion rate uh, already before this. We were trying to make it better, of course. But when we added this top 10 page, the users that went through this page converted at a rate that was 3x compared to the site average. It easily became the page with the highest page value, value in the website. But what's even more important, and that's really what CRO should be about, it helped the users solve the problem they had. And if you help a user solve a problem, they will pay back by converting and, and helping you. So that's the best way to use conversion rate optimization as a tool that helps you help your audience. Absolutely. That's definitely a win. <laughs> Finally, before we end the, the episode, what can you say about this phrase? Why fix something that isn't broken? Right, because everything is broken. It, it's as simple as that. Maybe it's not completely broken, but nothing is perfect. Everything can always be improved. And that's the approach you need to have because if you don't have that approach, your competitors might. So if you love your status quo, maybe your competitors are doing something to get better, better than they are now and ultimately better than you are if you're better than them now. Trends will change, new technologies emerged. The only way to stay successful is by constantly evolving your website and your business. And this is where conversion rate optimization can really help you. Yeah, and I, as you can remember, John McDonald said, a good conversion rate is one that keeps on improving. So it's definitely um, a, a process where we try to keep on improving this, the stats on the page. All right, so there you have it. Before jumping into an A-B test, remember to first do the research first, check out your available tools, analytics, heat maps, even qualitative data and then set your business objectives. Um, is it tied to the revenue or try to address drop-offs on important pages? Just try to be clear on that and then prioritize, review your list and weigh in which is more important or which will bring you closer to your results. Then consider an A-B test and make sure to build it in your process. Slobodan, any last thoughts? I'll go back to the title of this episode. It's everything you need to do before you can run an A-B test. If you're just getting started or thinking about getting started with conversion rate optimization, trying to make it better for users and customers, A-B testing is not the first thing you should do. I hope we were able to convince you to focus on research and prioritization first before you jump into A-B testing. Testing is a way to fix a problem, but it's not something that will show you what that problem is. So do those other things first and worry about testing later. Awesome. If you're interested to go deeper into CRO, we'll have uh, we'll definitely discuss this into future episodes. So just make sure to stay tuned and subscribe. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Lobadon. Thanks for listening to No Hacks Marketing. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you can leave a rating on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Visit nohacksmarketing.com to subscribe.